Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Shandor Ligavaldi. Liga, Liga, Valdi. Uh, you see the title, you know what it's all about. I'm going to hit it. Here's what's on CNN right now, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> no, you weren't. All right, we're going to hit what is in the title right now. As soon as we get the producer to get his act together here. Boys, are you with me? Take your should mic. I be unmuted? Yeah, you should be unmuted. Should I, I could sign language. <laughs> How are we, boys? We're good. Good, man. I'm good. I'm not going to speak for Jack. Are you good? I'm good. Right. I think I might have a bit of a technical issue, so let me work it out. I've got this thing playing in the background as well as their recording, so I apologize about that. Yeah, no problem. Okay, I pulled up a little bit of news here. You can see it in the background. Shandor, maybe you can start us off by just giving us a recap, a quick hitter on what we're here for and what this is all about. I really haven't been paying attention. There's been so much other stuff that's been uh, grinding on me as far as demanding my attention. This hasn't been it, but you've been there and Absolutely. you're on it. So uh, leave well, us off and tell us what it's all about. Well, it's March 16th now, and this is a story we're going to talk about is the, on January 21st. Okay. And so on the 21st, there was a Niagara Regional Council meeting and a, an integrity commissioner uh, report came through about comments that member Dave Bilesma uh, made on the radio in the previous summer. And basically they upped the ante in the meeting um, going beyond the integrity commissioner's recommendation. And so we're going to look at some of the moments of that meeting. Um, at one point, uh, Mayor Jim Diodati said that it was a goose pile. And so we're going to go through the goose pile this afternoon and, and hopefully we'll learn something. This is a, what we're, what we're talking about is, is an infiltration of critical race theory into the civic institution. Um, it's, it's exactly what's taking place here. So if you're wondering, oh, why do you care about this inside small town or, or local politics this is this is the big politics uh having infiltrated and this is a case of basically a culture war this is culture war moments this is critical race theory having uh made a made its raised its flag uh if you will jeff you got any thoughts on what went down 
Well, I think ultimately what happened was um, an integrity commissioner complaint was made and uh, it went through the process and uh, an interview that had happened back last summer uh, where Mayor Bilsma was talking about what had happened with raising the pride flag sort of stirred up some controversy. And many people in the community were upset uh, as they have a right to be, um, as everyone in the community has a right to be when they feel something said by a counselor that is offensive. Um, and I think what happened is we sort of highlighted as we went through this process is both the good and the bad of what an integrity commissioner process is. Uh, we deserve as taxpayers a really good process. And uh, that's, that's really a challenge when we're paying money for uh, professionals to review the integrity of our counselors that, that we get a really good, solid, experienced view of what each person's roles and responsibilities are. And I don't think that we really got a good view of that. I think, you know, there, there are some flaws in the integrity commissioner um, process uh, that, that sort of came up with this. Um, we saw that some of the way council handled it um, was difficult. So my summary is really, you know, what is uh, the integrity commissioner process, what are the rights and responsibilities of everyone involved and, and really how should counselors who are looking at a violation of a fellow counselor, how should they behave and what sort of things should they say and what sort of things should they not say? Is there a concern amongst any of you to that our code of conduct doesn't uh, sync with the charter? Shouldn't all our codes be respective of the charter it seems like they overstep it in so many ways as far as the limitations of freedoms so what are your thoughts on i i would have thought that we had a provincial code that was the same region to region municipality to municipality is anybody concerned about the lack of consistency as far as these uh codes go in relation to the charter I am. I mean, I think ultimately what we're seeing is a step along the way of the integrity commissioner's process. Um, we're not at an end point with this process. We need to sort of think critically about what it is, where it's going, you know, how cost effective is it? Um, is it a good thing for our community? Uh, is, you know, our Ed Smith's rights? Uh, respected during this, are David Bilsma's rights respected during this, and and what about the other counselors? What what are their responsibilities as they review this, and, and where might they have gone wrong? Uh, constitutionally, freedom of speech is like the most important uh, freedom we have. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that um, that it outranks others. They're all the same, but it's probably the most important one we have because the way we achieve justice on all the other points of the uh, charter that, that we need to respect for everyone. Shandor, you got thoughts on that? Well, the, uh, there's no internal consistency. It's not just merely, is it consistent with the charter, which I think is a great point to make, but it's not, it's not it, the consistency of, of 
is what we're so basically they use one side uses words against the other side but the other side never gets the opportunity to use words against the other you never get the chance so that, to face your accuser in this that, situation say again you never get the chance to face your accuser or see the complaint in this situation either which is kind of crazy like this is a kangaroo court this is way above uh, any jurisprudence of any court that we've ever had and that's why i don't know why it continues to stand in, well, the, in the case sorry uh, I'll go ahead jeff i think in this case um jim it, we may have seen an iteration since previous ones that you might have had experience with i think uh i think david bilsma did see the complaint and I believe that yeah. he uh, did have a chance to respond. Uh, and I think there was, you know, a pretty significant back and forth, at least from the integrity commissioner's report. It's pretty obvious there was a, a pretty significant back and forth there. So, but I, but I also think that, you know, given the fact that Ed Smith is also a uh, appointee to the NPCA, there's a level of responsibility that Ed has in his comments as well while he's going through that and uh, making sure that he's respectful to uh, Councillor Bosma uh, as as with all the other councillors. I think, you know, ultimately this can't just be a process where people make unsubstantiated claims where they're not held to a standard, um, uh, you know, a prima facie standard of, of uh, making sure that their claims are substantiated, that people know exactly where in the uh, code of conduct there might be a violation. Um, and I think that's that's really a challenge because from Ed Smith's perspective, he's looking at it as uh, a black man in his own statements who's 58 years old and, and he feels he's a good judge of what is racism. Uh, and, you know, it's hard to argue that point, but still the integrity commissioner is um, responsible to uh, enforce the code of conduct the way it's written. And um, I think that ultimately there is a, a certain amount of free speech that needs to um, be considered. And, and, Shandor, uh, tell so me what I, I absolutely think that the integrity commissioner made a major mistake in the assessment that was made. The, uh, the at the end of the day, it was don't criticize Black Matter, the Black Lives Matter. It was just don't do it. That was that was the walk away lesson. If you do, if you say all lives matter, in some quarters, that's what they said. Quote. So I mean, we have some of that in our in our list in our link list. We're going to go through some of the integrity okay. commissioner. Maybe just uh, maybe this is. I don't know if we did this. Matter about the pride flag. Yeah, um, this might be a little bit too far into it, but just uh, put a point on first what happened. Okay, so mm -hmm. Mayor Billsma, is it West Lincoln or Lincoln? I think it's Biles. West Lincoln. Biles, so Biles, Biles, Ma. Biles, Ma. Biles, Ma. <laughs> yeah. Listen, you're Biles, not one to be. You, you don't, don't. You, you are no one to be uh, insisting on the correct pronunciation of names. Too. I'm Shandor Liggett Baldwin. Okay. So, anyways, yes, give, I, my give, apologies uh, for <laughs> mispronouncing uh, Mayor 
Bilesma's. Uh, yeah, name. I know. I, 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 I got I the know. wrong one. I just yeah. started saying Bilesma. I was I was Blizma before. Anyways, Shandor, give us on a point what happened. He came out and said he's the mayor of West Lincoln. Is it? Or Lincoln, Easton's. That's right, West Lincoln. West Lincoln. So Easton's in Lincoln, and Lincoln. Well, uh, the critical race theory proponent took the opportunity of the integrity commissioner report to turn council chambers into political theater, and for over an hour there was a series of uh, lofty statements, virtue signals, and denouncements. Uh, very, very disrespectful towards Dave Bilesma. Um, he has explicitly stated that he has a independent, previously existing belief system, which he identifies as Christian conservatism. And it's that belief system, which he says is a treat, uh, love your neighbors as yourself belief system. It's an egalitarian belief model, but it doesn't allow him to subscribe to the uh, activistic program that we understand as Black Lives Matter. Uh, he well, I understands. His, I, I mean, I, yeah. Sandor, I, I think it's important that we we let Dave speak for his own belief system. Um, you know, I, and he does, I and he does. Wanted, in this meeting on January twenty first, on January twenty first, he speaks. He speaks his yes. own beliefs clearly. Yes, I, I'm. I'm practically quoting him. I'm not, I, right, but I mean, it's. But it's his beliefs that he can speak to. I think we're here to sort of talk about is he entitled um, to have certain beliefs and as long as they're not infringing on the rights of others. Yeah, he is um, entitled by the Code of Conduct document, right. which yeah. specifies that rights shall, uh, that beliefs shall not be infri- uh, imposed upon. So he has beliefs. They, are, they aren't immoral beliefs. They have right. a moral foundation and so according to the code of conduct the uh his beliefs should be respected at all times it says there in black and white he has beliefs yeah. his beliefs preclude him from participating in the activism called black lives matter and so his beliefs have become the central contention of the january 21st goose pot okay where do you they, want they, 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 they where do you said want to him, his change they said his mind won't change as well, again, Sandor, I think, I think it's important that we let Mayor Bilesma speak for his own beliefs and, and what he would have or would not have participated in. Because I think what happened during this radio interview is he was uh, there to discuss what had happened in relation to an issue about raising the flag, uh, the pride mm-hmm. flag. And he was there uh, to sort of talk about what had happened and he immediately accepted responsibility for the, the fact that there had been a miscommunication and he was talking about you know the, the fact that he wanted to have an open discussion where everyone participated uh, about Absolutely. a flag racing policy and so that's that's what happened it was during that discussion as he was trying to um, uh, lay out why he believed that maybe a one flag system might be better and that you know we not necessarily get into um, controversy over raising other flags uh, might be the appropriate way to go but he was also suggesting that he wanted to hear from everyone in the community 
that there would be a full public discussion and that um, people from the pride movement would be involved. And, you know, from what I heard, it sounded like a very fair process. Um, there was some pushback uh, by the radio commentator that maybe we shouldn't be asking any questions about raising the pride flag, that that in itself might be disrespectful. And I think, you know, during that sort of exchange, that's where some of the comments in question came up that were, uh, you know, were considered to be uh, by members of the community. All right, let's run the through The Integrity these. Commissioner report says that Mayor Bilesmo crossed the line when he began to question Black Lives Matter and the Pride Movement. And that, I think, is the controversy of the, of the report. Uh, the result of the report is that Mayor Bilesma and anyone like him, which is someone who's not part of the political establishment, someone on the outside of the political establishment, um, has a no-go zone. They're not, you're not allowed to criticize it. Uh, that's what the precedent that's been set in, the, in both the Integrity Commissioner report and then the, the goose pile January 21st uh, bullying session. Um, so that we should start taking a look at the clips. We're going to look. We're going to listen to. I mean, I mean, Jim. Obviously, you have some stuff to say, but when we get to the clips, you know, uh, we're going to listen to Ed Smith's sets the moral foundation of of why they made amendments. The amendments were to take uh, Dave off of the some boards, and and then we'll listen to uh, Mayor Senzik say that all lives matter is a dog whistle to white supremacy, and we'll listen to uh, Member Yip saying that. Everyone's racist because we're part of a racist system. And then we'll listen to Dave Balsma um, as he as he's grieved to be forced to apologize for uh, his beliefs. I, so. I think as an introduction to that, Jim, it might be interesting to just say that um, what happened here was there was an integrity commissioner investigation and a report generated by the integrity commissioner uh, during which time they went through a pretty lengthy process and one of the things that i think is of concern is there the, it was written by sort of an underling of who was hired to be the uh, integrity commissioner and then reviewed at the end and so the substance of the report is really the writings of this michael maynard who uh, is a junior person within this firm and who has a, a political history um, which might be opposed to that of Dave Bilesma. So there might be a question of was there some bias in the way the report was written and you know does it give us a really good understanding of how the integrity commissioner process should work and how Ed's rights and um uh, Councillor Bilesmo, Councillor, uh, sorry, Mayor Bilesmo, uh, whichever role he's in, participates in this process. We want to know does does everyone get a fair shake? So we're going to. I guess my, my concern is is that the, the man all the man did was come out and say all lives matter. That's what my Christian faith is, faith is founded on. He's not even going to the extreme like I do very often and saying these. Turkeys are terrorists. <laughs> you know, like, 
straight up. They're setting fire to cities all over the place. Uh, anyway, Shandor, where do you want me to start as far as links June. go? These were comments in June while cities were burning. Mm-hmm. While, while cities were burning. And in fact, more people died after his comments because of the riots. Mm-hmm. He wasn't uh, off point in criticizing that particular activist movement, in my view. Right. What do you want to hit first, Shandor? Number one on the list, bro. bro. Uh, well, number one on the list was this. That's Ed Smith. That's right. Let's take a listen. Okay. The question, then, Ed, is that uh, do you understand that Councillor Bill Smith did take some training as well? At, at West Lincoln, I, I am aware of that. Um, however, um, yes, I'll just say I am aware of that. Okay, so my next question will be, and how do you feel about that? Mm, I think we all take training when we're mandated to. Um, I, I, I will note that, as I said, he has defended his comments and said that he speaks for citizens, his constituents who have contacted him and supported his comments. And he has said, doesn't their opinion matter also? And um i think that's the kind of thing that cannot be undone that's a rallying cry for a certain segment of our society that are looking for that leader that will represent their views that we do not accept and we can't allow those rallying cries to even uh, begin to nurture or give them a place to nurture and take form we we need to not allow that to start to happen. The question and Shander. Well, he he says right there. There's a certain segment of our society looking for a leader to represent their views, and we cannot accept that. We cannot allow that to even begin to nurture. Uh, that's the moral. This is the moral foundation of the delegation prior to the amendment. So the amendments were suggested by Ed Smith, and then he says, basically, that this is to silence a certain segment of society. If you think that all lives matter is a superior moral statement to Black Lives Matter, you're silenced. And 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 Niagara Regional Council went along with this. So he's making a proposal, and he says, we can't allow these rallying cries to even begin to nurture, to take form. That's literal political suppression. That is anti-democratic political suppression. It is. I mean, I know he thinks that he's trying to prevent racism, racists from being racist, but that's not in practice what's taking place here. So I think there's a couple of things that we have to understand about what the context of this video is. Number one, there was an amendment that came as a result of the report that came from the integrity commissioner and it, and it recommended a reprimand. It, it found that the statements um, violated the code. Not, it wasn't a specific part. It was a whole section and it wasn't laid out specifically. So you could never really look at it and see, well, this statement related to this part or this statement related to that part. Uh, it, it was really not very well written. Um, but I think what happens is the integrity commissioner is supposed to, by the bylaw, make a recommendation, provide, if it's a reprimand, provide a letter of reprimand, and uh, 
and council is supposed to accept it for information purposes. So this entire process really shouldn't have happened. Um, this whole additional items that they're considering. What they're considering as an amendment is should he be taken off uh, any boards, commissions, um, uh, or agencies of the uh, of the region. And so this, what Ed is proposing here is that, um, that they go beyond what was recommended by the integrity commissioner. And in fact, what's allowed in their own bylaw and even beyond that, what's allowed by the provincial law that makes both of those possible. So they're, they're being asked to break the law and, and to do something extra to punish them. And so from Sanders' perspective, he's saying that what they're trying to do is repress certain people from being represented. And that's really not what the integrity commissioner is supposed to do. And it's really not what the code of conduct is supposed to do. The code of conduct is meant to be there to make it an inclusive society. And one of the reasons why there is this kind of slap on the wrist type mentality to the uh, integrity commissioner and the code of conduct is because we're not meant to be punishing people for anything. What we're trying to do is create a representative democracy where everyone can participate equally. Now, I think there's a really strong sense from Ed here. In fact, I think he says it, um, that there are things that Ed, that David Bilesma represents that he doesn't want to have a political voice. And I've spoken to this man uh, and I've heard, I've watched his interview. And although he has said some things that I think could be offensive, and I, I think everyone has a right to go through the process and try and get corrections. I don't think the man is racist and I don't think he is anti-LGBTQ and I don't think he's anti-Indigenous, although I really didn't like his remarks about agree with that. the Indigenous or some of the other uh, groups that he referred to. So I think what's really happening here is we've got a situation where there's a repression of representation of what was essentially David Bilsma's religious views, which is all lives matter. And that fundamental statement is consistently applied across all uh, civil actions, uh, civil activist groups, whichever one we're referring to. If we look at the pride movement, and we go to, for instance, the Metro Toronto Community Church, they in fact say everyone's welcome. It's a version of All Lives Matter. If we go to the BME Church uh, in St. Catharines, the terminus of the Underground Railway, they in fact say they're a civil activist church and their motto is everyone is welcome, a version of all lives matter. So I think what we have here is this kind of dissonance that's sort of built up from American politics that we have to oppose something so much that we have to build hate towards it and we have to suppress it. And I think this is a really big problem that we have 
as we bring things across the border and as we look at how do we represent the need to support black people in their journey for representation. This seems like a so, classic example of overreach, and I miss the days of Bart Maves, even though I wasn't a, a conservative. I really appreciated that he knew the rule book, Robert's Rules of Orders. He would stand up and say, this is out of order. And I think I feel like somebody should have stood up and said, hey, listen, we've got an integrity commission report that re recommends a, a punishment or a censoring or whatever of this man. And that's it. We don't go above and beyond all that. And, uh, you know, there's just no uh, mosh pit on YouTube says there's no accountability for politicians breaking the laws or the Charter of Rights. Like... How do we keep them in line? It's almost like the institutional memory is gone with Bart Mays from the standpoint that he's not there wrong with the audio, Jim? Well, I'm getting a feedback loop. Yeah, you we're getting a little bit from your end, too. I don't know if it's... You've got two... It seems like it's the feedback through your speakers, maybe. I don't know if it's too loud there or what. But anyways, it seems like a classic example of overreach. Well, I'd have to say that you know, it, it just goes to show that the the process itself needs to improve and needs to evolve. And I think this goes back to what you were saying earlier, Jim, in that you would sort of think that there would be a hashed out standard put forth by the province for what the code of conduct should look like and, you know, what integrity commissioners should do. Um, and I think that's really why you really expect an integrity commissioner to be a very senior person, you know, probably a former lawyer uh, who's got a lot of experience with human rights, but also, you know, the other part of the integrity commissioner is you're supposed to look at when there's um, impropriety or uh, conflict of interest. So they have to have that sort of duality. Instead, what we got was, a, you know, a, a report written by a mildly experienced um, possibly lawyer, um, but, you know, not a, a very senior experienced person writing these reports. You really need a, a good sound amount of judgment. Um, I think what ends up happening is the comments that Ed Smith made sort of lead Walter Senzik and Councillor Yip um, to, to make some very offensive statements towards uh, Mayor Bilsma in that uh, Councillor uh, Mayor Senzik goes on and says uh, he is dog whistling to white supremacy, which is an incredibly offensive thing to say to a person. Um, it actually kind of might be dangerous. Because if you call someone out as a Nazi, then you, you get they get treated a certain way. Yeah, and call right. someone a white supremacist, you're out of the club of civilization. And, and the I think comes after Councilor Yip goes on to say that the comments were racist, uh, anti-LGBTQ, and or homophobic. I'm not sure which one. Um, and, and then uh, anti-Indigenous. I mean, these comments are really not appropriate um, under the code of conduct and could possibly have been a sanction themselves. Jump in, and so I think I completely agree. That's what motivated yeah. me in the first place to put all the clips together, to write a whole document, to to hashtag goose pile, 
Uh, I, I completely agree that, as I said out of, off the top, they turned it into political theater. And it, it says, according to the code of conduct, that the purpose of it is to maintain order. It's not, it's not to facilitate political dunking. What's this next clip here? Uh, and I don't mean this to is, Ed Smith continues to uh, outline how this is a moral issue. Um, saying that um, Bill Bilesma is out of step with our core community values and all options should be on the table to minimize the impact of that behavior. Right, so, I mean, that, there it is. Meaningless. But he clearly does not represent our greater community. I believe there is a duty to prevent him to the extent possible from being in a position that may serve to intimidate or offend staff, citizens, or colleagues. My right, my right to offend and speak surpasses your right not to be offended. <laughs> Come on. Is there more in this clip here or are right. we going to the next one? Nope. So that, and then the text on that thread. So jump to who's pile. So then here we go. So here's all the, in, in the, if you can open that image up, you're going to see that's the speaking list of the January 21st who's okay. pile. And the text in red are items that I, I feel are problematic, condescending, disrespectful, or insulting towards a member of Bilesman in council. So while uh, Dave made comments on the radio in general, undirected, unspecified, just speaking his mind, these comments were made directly to him, directly to him, about him, in front of his peers. Uh, so uh, we're going to see clips from Houston, Ip, Yep, Yep, and uh, and Senzik. And then I didn't get clips of Dart and Edgar. Um, That's okay. We don't want to see them anyways. But tell me what your well, standouts are on I this mean, list the here. Bottom line is this year, I need to follow up on some of the things that, that Jeff pointed out. Um, in my view, I mean, not that he said anything wrong. I, I agree with everything he said, just to add to it. Um, actually, I forgot. Let's just get to the clips. Fuck yeah. it. We're going to have to take a commercial break here and switch over if we're going much longer here. I just got to notice. So what stands out on this list here? Before we well, leave? Because we're going to see the clips, okay. uh, I'll just point out that Dart calls it unrepentant. Basically, they impose a, a sanction, which is to remove him from the boards and also say his mind won't change, which to me indicates that they're trying to change his mind, which to me indicates that they're breaking the code of conduct. Because the code of conduct, you have it right there. Is that the code of conduct? No, scroll this up. Is, uh, yeah, he he did have step. something. Uh, scroll back up there, Jim. Yeah, let's see. Because we've been talking a lot about I think it. it. This is really Shall important, and it's yeah. Go ahead, Jeff. Section two under respect, truth, and honesty, that members of council shall not impose their personal, moral, or religious standards on other others. So you know, here's David Belzna, and, and he didn't say that uh, he disrespected or opposed Black Lives Matter. What he said is he would have stood with a sign that says all lives matter. And I think what he was responding to was the fact that by the point that he was making the comments, we had seen some of the violence that had happened as the, you know, as a result of the riots. And at this point there were calls for peace and calm uh, by the family of George Floyd. Um, and what we were seeing is shop owners and business people 
black uh, uh, business people in the community who had had their livelihoods destroyed. Um, and really what was happening early on was this, this idea that we need to treat everyone in our community with respect. We need to respect everyone. It was a call by the family early on to say, let's respect all lives. And then it became political. And there was a huge discussion because it was picked up by the American election cycle. Uh, and we saw political operators trying to pit one against the other. But fundamentally, it was a civil rights activist who suggested to the family of George Floyd to get up and ask for calm and to remember that everyone's life matters. Um, so it was during that initial speech by George Floyd's brother that there was this movement to try and bring control uh, to, to the process that although everyone was mad about what happened to George Floyd, we still needed to understand that we can't just destroy the community that we live in in order to represent that to the world. And so I think Dave Bilsma was saying the reason he would hold the All Lives Matter sign, and he explained this multiple times, is because it's a part of his fundamental beliefs that we need to understand that some communities are facing challenges and we need to work with that, but we can't do it in such a way that it's destructive to everyone else. And I think that's what he was trying to explain, um, trying to paraphrase, you know, multiple comments across multiple things. That's he said, that in after, itself, yeah, once explained. After 30 years, he said, after 30 years, we're more violent, we're yelling at each other louder, and we're becoming more polarized. I blame identity, I blame politics. identity politics. That was Philzman's quote. Yeah, and I think that's Amen. that's a very, you know, that's a very acceptable statement from, you know, the political discourse. Um, okay, next up here, Shandor. Next up on our list. So we didn't scroll down on number two. Okay. Scroll down on, uh, no, that's uh, number three. There's number two. Scroll down on that one. Okay. And you're going to get video clips. And so uh, now we'll hear some condescension. Here it would be, you know, open your ears to the experiences of others. Um, often they are different than yours. Open your eyes and attempt to view with an alternate lens. Help, help you see the feelings of others more clearly. And uh, open your mind to the possibility of thinking differently because it can make you a better person. So there's a lesson to be learned here. And uh, it's a lesson in humility and humanity. And uh, we can all strive to be better uh, human beings. They are really trying to teach this man a lesson and change his faith. The way he thinks, and this is the, the scourge. And he's of, and he's deaf, deaf, and he's blind, and he's not yet a better person. A better yeah, person. I think, I think it's this is kind of one of the things that I see as a challenge by the process, and you know, it's a good reason why they should just accept it for information purposes. Right. Ultimately, what happens here 
is people are trying to score political points by showing how representative they are of the community. And they're doing it by, in fact, being prejudiced against this guy uh, and saying that you can't have these views. You you are not allowed in this community to have these. So hopefully I'm back. Live TV. We're, that didn't have too much of an issue from your uh, free Zoom account. <laughs> you sucker. Uh, never miss an opportunity to blast the host, your free Zoom account. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think everyone uh, through this pandemic, that's one thing that we've learned is the you know, limits of a free Zoom account. <laughs> so, um, listen, it's uh, uh, we sort of left off right in the middle of a, a thought there, and it really comes down to, you know, why council should... Um, you know, refrain from making these types of comments because the the code of conduct really isn't doesn't permit them to make extensive comments about other people, uh, especially other counselors. It specifically says, you know, they should not do this. Um, I didn't really have any issues with what Councillor Houston was saying there. I mean, she has a right to those views and and that opinion, but it's it's not really permitted by um, uh, the code of conduct that she give them in the midst of a council meeting. Uh, and it, the other ones are really quite offensive. Um, those are the, uh, you know, the Sensic one and uh, Councillor Yep. They really do go far beyond the code of conduct in, you know, making the statements that they do. I agree that the uh, Houston's comments didn't have an intent of malice or harm, but they were off the top of a hour long goose pile. And so I've included the comments to both demonstrate the unconscious condescension as well as, uh, well, I mean, it's, it, it kept going. It, it, set, it set the tone. So she's a nice lady. She, she takes a, a, her more, her moral stand and then, then it's like, oh, she set the ball rolling. And let's all make little speeches. So I've included it for that reason. All right. Cool. And if you scroll down in the thread, you'll see uh, Laura Yip's response, which is getting into the heart of of the critical race theory. In that radio interview, Bilsma have an impact on our communities. Statements like the ones made in that radio interview, understandably, make members of our communities wonder if or how well they are represented and further make them hesitant to reach out to their counselors with their concerns. And we have to recognize that. I know that everyone here likes to believe that they're not racist, but the fact of the matter is that even those of us who are actively anti-racist by virtue of operating in a system that is racist are racist. The key is that we have to be aware of the issues within our various systems and work to make them more equitable and inclusive. The kinds of statements made in that radio interview must be widely condemned not doing so calls into question both the councillors and this council's concern for equity-seeking communities and its ability to represent those communities. Thank you. I'm getting Listen, so tired I, of red think, speeches, man. Just say what you think. If you got some notes, that's fine. Just stop reading to me for crying out loud. Show some freaking heart. Whatever. Small matter. You know, I think uh, this this one is a little bit more difficult, and and it's it comes down to you know what. It, the integrity commissioner's report does give him a sanction. And 
it does not conclude that he is racist or any of these other things. And these are statements that um, Laura Ip, or Laura Ip is, uh, is drawing from her own you know, thoughts towards David Bilesma. Um, it's also in part because that's what's alleged by Ed Smith in his complaints. Is he com- he does allege these things, and, and never really specifically says how that was achieved. You know, I think ultimately the integrity commissioner found that there was a a sanctionable action by um, uh, Mayor Billsma, um, but. He, you know, there's really no reason for um, for the councilor yet to be making these types of statements in the middle of a council meeting. Uh, it's it's really going to create an environment where there there's a significant amount of fear for the community to come forward and express their concerns about an issue such as raising the flag. Um, and what that means. I mean, what does that mean for a community? We don't we don't really know. And how else are we going to know unless we ask, you know, a, a group that comes forward, what is it that this will do besides helping you feel the community is more inclusive? You know, what do you feel instance, like the long-term effects or the precedents might be set here? What's the worry moving forward that if we let this slide that we're going to see in the future? Well, I think it it means that we won't be able to discuss certain political issues. Uh, And that is never a good thing. I mean, the way things, even if you believe, uh, as I do, that we need to be more inclusive to these communities, um, what, what we need to do is we need to do it in a reasonable way. We can't set it up in a situation where we could never question a bad policy um, that might include be done in the name of one of these groups. Um, we don't know, for instance, uh, if raising the pride flag might also mean that the community expect is expected to have uh, a sex ed curriculum of a certain content. We don't know that. Is that is that what it means once we've raised that flag? That's a, that's a legitimate question. Um, so flag, think, re- uh, flag represents territory. Uh, well, the, the flag the flag's presence means we have this territory, and the competition with the Canadian flag is significant because, in order to symbolically represent the meaningfulness of the territory. The Canadian flag has been sub- supplanted with specialty flag, with the new moral. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't want to sound uh, hostile towards any group that advocates for raising a flag. I, I really want to say that it's about being able to speak to issues and understand what the issues mean. Um, some of these groups do not get her have- off the screen. Get her off the screen. Thank you. <laughs> Do not have consistently, um, you know, a consistent policy that they're trying to advocate for. And it's really hard for each individual municipality or school board, for instance, to evaluate these things 
before they agree to, to such a policy. So, you know, there might be some value to a single flag policy, um, but, you know, it's hard it's hard to have those discussions uh, in an environment where if you do it, people are going to call you anti something. Uh, that's not what our political fear is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about, you know, allowing free discourse on multiple topics from multiple different viewpoints. And I think that's, that's really right. what was missed from Dave Bilesma's interview is that is exactly what he was advocating during that interview is that there is going to be a meeting, there will be people in, uh, invited and people will be heard and a decision will be made. Mm -hmm. And ultimately that is the kind of process that we should all expect and respect. Long-term effects, Shandor? Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, well, we're, we're just going back to Yip for a moment. Um, she did up the ante from what the integrity commissioner determined was discriminatory comments and up the ante to making them anti-black, anti-indigenous. And I think Jeff made that point prior. And I just wanted to underscore that point that the integrity commissioner merely remarked that they are discriminatory, which I actually disagree with. Um, he, according to the code, I don't, I don't agree with that assessment, but I'm not an integrity commissioner. So I move, move past that point, but uh, yet upped the ante to, to paint Bosma into her political corner of choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we'll let, tell you let's get back to that people. thread because we'll get to Senzik. And Senzik um, directly um, calls All Lives Matter the dog whistle. And the only reference of dog whistle in the Integrity Commissioner report um, is from Ed Smith, who accuses it of being a dog whistle, but the Integrity Commissioner didn't actually substantiate that. Um, it's just the accusation from Ed Smith who made the complaint and then served as the delegate. And so Ed Smith was put on the NPCA uh, in 2019 uh, from the city of St. Catharines. So uh, Walter Senzik sent, or not Walter Senzik, but his, his city sent a, a, a board member to the NPCA uh, Ed Smith. And so the, we'll get into some of the, the backstory on that in a minute. But I just wanted to, these aren't people who don't know each other. Ed Smith isn't just a random upset community member. He's a player in the game, just so you know. Mm -hmm. Well, Ed is a, a good community activist. I, I think we should all respect Ed. He, he's done a lot of good things as well. Um, and I'm not trying to single them out or any of the counselors here. I'm just trying to encourage them to think about how do we respect each other um, in this broad political environment that we um, live in and how do we make sure that everyone has a free voice and, and can participate in the discussion. I don't think that uh, Bilesma uh, intended to make harmful comments. Um, I think he uh, may have had that, that impact on people, mm -hmm. but he clearly explained that the reasons were that he believes that everyone should be included, and that is not an offensive belief. This is how you de-platform de de people. Their opinion means nothing because they're a white supremacist. So I think, you know, 
talking about a dog whistle. This is certainly a straw man, if not a dog whistle, that for someone to say they stand behind the remark that all lives matter, you know, I don't want to go down this road. And then attach that to an amendment. This this idea. And then so, so yeah, go ahead. You are that was attached to an amendment. So it wasn't just making comments and then let's move on. It's I'm making these comments and here's an amendment. And that amendment means you can't sit on you can't sit on the NPCA board and other boards mm-hmm. because you might offend people. So let's listen to it. He looks pissed. Yes. Yeah, we should we should recognize that at the beginning of this thing. Uh, oh, this, this is the wrong. What is that? Yeah, this. You're think, looking at old stuff. You're looking at. You should be looking for number. This is three. Number two. Scroll down. This is two. You probably. Back, you're a prolific tweeter there. Uh. How do I pronounce your name properly? I don't want to offend you. No, I won't be offended. Is that, if you, Sandor? Uh, you, yeah. Do I say it's Sandor? Sandor. Sandor. This is, yeah. this is one. There's and nothing. SH sound. This is one. There's nothing there, is there? We looked at that already. So you, you saw, it's the same one that starts two. with the list. You keep going yeah. back to this one, Jim. Um, <laughs> there's a comparison here between uh, yeah, let's talk about it. and... Uh, and Robin D'Angelo, who's the um, the author who wrote White Fragility, and who that's right. Her, um, and, and since I've made the comparison, I'd like to say that I actually think that Laura Yip is less of a grifter. I think that she has more integrity and and reason to exist in the community than than Robin D'Angelo's absolute grift. Um, yeah. She, I mean, all that Robin D'Angelo does is tour around the country, yeah. um, profiting off of this grift. Whereas I, I'd say that Yep is a, is a legitimate member of the community, and 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 much less worse of a person than Robin D'Angelo. Just because I made the comparison, I want to point that out. Well, I, I think you know, as so the the work of uh, Robin D'Angelo is um, in creating inclusion at the corporate level. She sells services um, to for inclusion. And uh, I think she has good intent. Unfortunately, I read her book and um, you know, the black community is not necessarily 100% behind it. I think it's kind of a mixed response. There is one writer, uh, a McWhorter, who uh, is a professor at University of Columbia um, and, and he has a pretty strong view that it's really pejorative towards black people. Um, so I think it's kind of been a mixed review, but it's been extremely well received by white women uh, and, and it's made the top seller, uh, bestseller list, uh, you know, for oh, twice at least teaching uh, us over in the school last couple too. years. I don't know if I can find that link, Shandor. Go back. Do you have your email? Yeah. Well, why don't we just talk about what it is that... Well, we got to hear him. He's all griff. Oh, I wanted to say, so uh, prior to any of the news file, uh, Bilesma spoke first, and he said he doubled down. So I should set the context that he did say at the upfront of the meeting, uh, double down on his view, and then everyone was all shaking their head, oh, my God, I can't believe he said that. Um, all lives matter, oh, my God. So when we see Senzik, which is you got to scroll down from from link number two, okay. Which is if you go back from the the uh, there you go. Just yeah, scroll down from link two and you'll be fine. Oh, I must have closed. Scroll down, that. And you'll see Senzik. 
Okay. And for the, you know, for the people at home, <laughs> uh, at WTF Niagara, hashtag Mayor Bill's good did nothing wrong, hashtag Goose Pile, uh, follow along. I've written uh, accompanying uh, text to go with each of these. So please share and, and like it. I mean, uh, we can we can we can speak to ourselves as much as possible, but we, we do need some people to reach out with this information. Quite on the side. It's, it's a really involved process. And this is to the utmost respect of all of our counselors for someone to say that they stand behind the the remarks that all lives matter. And I don't I don't want to get into a discussion about the semantics or the history of it, but it is very much a dog whistle for white supremacy to use the all lives matter. It, you can't take that out of context. It's within the context of how we feel today. It's in the context of what's happening around us. And so it's, it's, I think I would like to make a recommendation that for a period of time, he would be removed from a, the, the count that can, the organizations that we've appointed him to for a period of time. And wow. that, that would be a recommendation I'd like to make. And are we just discussing? So they call it the amendment to the amendment because, as we haven't we haven't mentioned it yet, uh, they call it the amendment to the amendment because Houston made an amendment to circulate notice of the integrity commissioner's report to West mm. Lincoln, and I'm not actually sure what that means. Uh, does it mean they put up like posters on lampposts, or they had a bulletin board, or I'm not sure what. What that means, it's not in any of the municipal act requirements. So should, it's an ad hoc. It was an ad hoc amendment. And then this is the amendment. We're going to get into a lot of technicalities here that I don't think really, we you know, lose a lot of people who are watching. You know, um, we don't need to really understand the process that they're going through. But I think what's important about this clip is really what Walter Senzek is saying, and and he's saying that all lives matter this inclusive statement that that sort of got its start with the brother of george floyd calling for calm oh no no way it did there's no way it did all lives matter has been the anti black lives matter hashtag for seven years so like come on i'm just saying like that's not as accurate that's not an accurate telling of where the origins of all lives matters you can you can you can contextualize it in that way, and I agree with that contextualization because it's it's, it's morally true, <laughs> but factually, it's not true. It's not true. That, that all lives matter okay. far far Yeah, but I yeah. think I mean I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. If it, you know, I understand that it's a it's offensive to people, and the community does have a right to say that in this process. Um, mm -hmm. But ultimately, the foundation of All Lives Matter is this inclusive, uh, central um, premise that we find across all these movements. Uh, and in fact, it's something that we see right outside uh, the regional headquarters. Uh, right there, you see everyone welcome. It's this whole, this, this idea that everyone is included. Yeah, I and mean, we should point out that lives matter, matter is referring to the deaths of people. So the the counterpoint that they're making is, hey, this is what they said on the radio. This is what they said to him, to, to Dave on the radio was, hey, their house is on fire. We're not going to douse all of the houses in water, only the house that's on fire. So that's, I'm just trying to 
you know, I mean, we all understand that they have an argument to make. I think that on, you know, the Jim Fannin um, show, there's been lots of deconstruction of the statistical validity of that position. And we're not going to get into that now. But just, just to say, like, I do think it is a little crass when people are protesting to counter-protest. I understand the crassness and the offensiveness. I get it. And I just want to say I get it. Uh, and I'm, you know. But then, nevertheless, all lives matter. Uh, BLM is a Marxist movement. Uh, they're tearing down statues in an iconoclasm. People have died. Billions of dollars in property damage. Um, I totally disagree with that. I mean, I do think there have been, uh, as a result of the Black Lives Matter protests, there have been escalations that have caused issues, uh, many issues, a lot of civil unrest, a murder, lot of rioting. And a Over lot 30 of murders, Jeff. 30 murders. 30, murders. 30 including that, David Dorn. That is something to say, you know, to, to have a discussion about what is the right process. But I also want to make it clear that these are not Canadian problems. Those, I mean, the problems we have with race in Canada has a particular uh, set of problems, but these are not problems that occurred in Canada. When we had peaceful Black Lives Matter protests in Canada, they did not escalate into murders. They did not escalate into riots. So those are the American problems. And I think what we need to do when we look at these problems is really put them in the right context and, and say that we have an opportunity here to make our mark by being more inclusive of everyone. Uh, and that includes Councillor Bilesma and it includes Ed Smith and it includes, you know, Laura Yep, and it includes Walter Senzik. Let's make sure the conversation remains open. Let's make sure that it respects um, the, the code of conduct. Let's even improve the code of conduct so that people really know how they should be behaving because apparently they don't. Do you see future codes of conduct complaints uh, coming forward because of what uh, happened here? I mean, I think it's possible. There's, there are offensive uh, there are offending um, statements made um, during that that, that meeting. Uh, that I, I actually hope they don't. I really don't want to see our community spending a lot of money on dealing with these issues. Uh, I think we should be able to try and resolve these outside of the integrity commissioner um, process. And I really think that what should have happened is we should have acknowledged that the community itself had a very large discussion about this and it actually had a very positive effect. I learned things about things that were going on in the reserve as a result of this. I learned things about what's going on in the LGBTQ community. I learned things about what's going on in the religious community. I learned things about uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and what's going on, how people felt about those. It was actually a very positive thing. He made an offensive statement to many groups. And as a result of that, we had a very positive discussion overall. I think hmm. ultimately that's why we have to realize that sometimes you have to say something offensive in order to get a positive result for everyone. 
Shandor, uh, do you think anything else comes out of this as far as integrity commissioner complaints? I mean, we've seen a lot of language out of some of these counselors that uh, it's been nothing short of yeah. degrading, basically. Well, it's a bit of a process. I looked into it. I was at one point planning on providing an integrity commissioner complaint regarding this. Um, it's almost like it's too deep. I'd have to file like seven complaints. You know, uh, obviously the one complaint would be with, if it were just one, it would be with uh, member Senzik regarding the dog whistle comment. Um, as, as I think what your question is, is, is this setting a precedent which will be followed up upon? Um, you know, and I think that's part of what concerned me about this is some of the comments that were made to Dave were um, don't reoffend which means don't talk about this again. So they were saying, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm good with him being off the boards for one year, but if he reoffends, we can revisit it. So what, in 2022, if he says all lives matter, he can't be on the board again? So he's, he's zipped. Don't say it, Dave. Don't, and don't say it to anyone who's like Dave. Don't be Dave's neighbor and say it. Don't be the next guy next year. That's why you're asking about precedent. And, I, and that's why I've been concerned and, and launched this whole, you know, hashtag. Mayor Bilsman did nothing wrong. I've been saying that since July. Uh, you know, all, all year, Mayor Bilsman did nothing wrong. He's been dunked in the media, in the press. He's a, St. Catharines has 10 times the population of West Lincoln. There are seven uh, members on regional council in St. Catharines and two in West Lincoln. So there's a bit of a power imbalance, the influence, the culture, whatever it is. So I think in conclusion, Jim, um, I I thought about it too. You know, I I think what we have is we do have a bit of an improvement that we need to go through with the integrity commissioner process we need to think a little bit more about how counselors are reacting to this and are they using it for political theater or are they actually looking to make our community more inclusive? I think there's this real, um, this real challenge that the integrity commissioner process faces as we go forward because it has a very specific need, but it could be manipulated in such a way that uh, certain political views are advanced and other political views are not discussed. Um, I, you know, I think Ed Smith is a good community member. I think we have a lot of good counselors that are involved in these things and they all have to be more inclusive. Um, and, and that's, that's really the, the process that I'd like to see unfold is a way of moving forward with our integrity commissioner, hmm. uh, the, the code of conduct itself, um, that is uh, really based on making our community more inclusive. I wonder how many times I would have been censured for if I was a regional counselor <laughs> based on my, my uh, daily, uh, I think. <laughs> so, you know, you well, probably, if we're going to wrap things up, can we jump ahead to, uh, a later click a link because we want to take a look at uh, the new and improved pride flag. I think we should jump ahead to clip seven, link seven, actually, right. which is um, 
which is the uh, integrity commissioner re regarding Black Lives Matter. I just want to quickly draw attention to it. Yeah. So this is some highlighted portion from the integrity commissioner report. But I do recommend that people take some time and read through the integrity commissioner report to see for themselves how it's written, what it says, and it, it addresses three topics, the pride flag, Black Lives Matter, and what it calls indigenous rights. Um, of the three, I disagree with its assessments on the pride flag and Black Lives Matter and fairly, as Jeff said, agree that you know, the comments were offensive regarding the indigenous community. I just wanted to also make my, my point on that. So we're just going to jump quickly through these images. So what we're seeing here is the section from the Black Lives Matter section of the, of the article um, uh, of the Integrity Commission report. Jump ahead and you'll see their references. So um, why, it, how do you validate as an Integrity Commissioner that all lives matter is offensive? Well, you check out what the blogosphere is saying, I guess. Wow. And you just take a quick look through what those blogs are. So these are, you know, no blogs, but they're like, you know, BuzzFeed level news reports. That's not a tweet. Yeah, it's a screenshot. There you go. So, you know, so the reference. So here's, here's, uh, you know, Vice President Pence was, was, was like told to very block lives matter. And he's like, no, nah, all lives matter. And uh oh, huge controversy. Like, like Jeff pointed out the Americanization. So this is an American context. So Jeff totally, just totally validating your point here. We just, I know we don't have much time, so let's just skip through this. And I'm not sure if there's anything left in this, in this uh, slideshow. So just this another I've, article. I've seen before. And that, that last one was uh, a number of uh, uh, black uh, Canadian women who who said that all lives matter is offensive to them. And I think ultimately, you know, if all lives matter is seen to be offensive, um, the, these ladies do give a, a good point as to why. And, and they feel that it's offensive, but I don't think they, they think, uh, and I'm going from memory here, they, they never say that it, it means that somebody's racist or that they're a white supremacist. It Good just point. means that it offends them. And I think that's that's a big And it's like, so what if you're offended? If it's not criminal and the cops can't come to your house for it, then shut up. Yeah. You want to declare your offense to it? Great. But it's not a crime. So zip it as far as I'm concerned. Well, not, not zip, but <laughs> not zip, but yeah. I mean, I think it's important that um, we understand that people perceive uh, the the all lives are slow in in that way. Mm. Um, but ultimately, well, I think it's important that we perceive Black Lives Matter as an anti-civic rights movement. So I don't know what you think, but I think that Black Lives Matter is anti-civic rights. It's not an extension of the civic rights movement. It's not 1960s 2.0. It's uh, unless you're in China. It's a, it's a cultural revolution. Guys, what do you think that we're on this road for? Like in a time where we're more tolerant than we've ever been, we're less racist than we've ever been, we strive for more inclusion than we ever have. Why this, why this sudden focus on, you know, I hear uh, Justin Trudeau say it almost every time he speaks, that every... Um, every institution in Canada is systemically racist. Now, words are important, and I've heard, said this a thousand times, 
when you say systemically racist, that means all throughout the whole body. So when you say the RCMP is systemically racist, you, you mean the whole thing, everyone in it. When you say all cops are bastards, that means all cops in it. You know, there's a local uh, reporter for the standard of indigenous. Uh, they run a podcast like this guy constantly. Nobody is calling this guy a racist for saying all cops are pigs or all cops are, are, are racist. But this is Actually, what, this, this is what we're getting fed to uh, his show with my kids in the back and they asked me to turn it off because they felt like, I mean, the number of times that white people were called uh, oppressors. Yeah. Um, right. Nobody's I mean, calling this out. Like, I've called them a racist on many times. Whatever, I don't think it carries all much all that much weight because I get called that all the time too, but he's clearly I mean, I should, constantly yeah, I should, carving on white people all the time. Well, I think that's, you know, there have been a lot of harms done to the Native community in this in Canada, I had a conversation as a result of this right. with a friend of mine who's native, and, and he told me about how he was placed with white family in St. Catharines. Um, he was adopted, uh, and you know how he's reunited with his native family. It's it's kind of a harrowing story. Like we have to really understand the harms that were done um, during the Indian Age and period, and so on. But I think. What's also interesting is, like you say, Jim, we put an end to those um, those programs. We put an end to a lot of it. And although we can understand the legacy that, that leaves, um, your point is what caused this new sort of movement? And, and I think this is where, you know, Sandor and you would agree that identity politics is being used for uh, political purposes and and there could be some negative consequences to that and i think you know that's probably where the conversation's going right did the ic actually take exception to weisma <laughs> saying that he doesn't capitalize black because it's not a proper no 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 you're misreading it okay. it's biles who took the exception to the ic oh, okay all right okay all right no, but that's a good point. He, he, uh, the IC is pretending that All Lives Matter is, a, is an organization like Black Lives Matter by giving it a proper noun capitalization. And Bilesma is saying, no, it's just a sentiment. It's just a three ah, words I that, gotcha. in his words, connotatively and denotatively mean the same thing. Let's jump to clip seven because we got to get we got to wrap it up. We got a really great conversation. I'm so happy that to have been here with both of you. I think I'm um, on seven. We got to talk about the pride flag because that was yeah, my point of view is you take a look at it. Number seven. Mm-hmm. That's did I say seven? Yeah. yeah I'm sorry. It looks like it might be down. Number eight. Okay. Number eight. I'm sorry. Oh, good. Yeah. So here we go. So this is this is the central story that we laid out earlier in the show. Um, you can scroll down to see through this news. Um, so here's the news items, the pride flag. So take a look at that beautiful six color pride flag. This is the pride flag that you would have in mind when discussing a pride flag. This is a pride flag that, as you can see, uh, CKTV put in the news while discussing that Bill Bilesma hadn't yet approved, you know, we've, as we just got raising the flag and they made a controversy and so on and so forth. What I'm about to tell you is that there was a bait and switch. Uh, right under your nose. So close this, scroll down, and you'll get the uh, you get the wish.com version of it. So scroll down a little bit. 
So there you go. On the left is what you expected, and on the right is what you got. Welcome to this is this is a, and on the right this is the new pride flag. This is the critical race theory, critical theory pride flag. So this is this isn't this isn't your second wave feminist pride flag. This is like your fourth wave intersectionalist pride flag. How do I know that? Well, scroll down, you'll see Brock University promoting this flag, and clearly articulating what it means that's on the left is them raising the new pride flag not the one they sold to the public not the one they presented to council even actually i'm not sure if they presented it they just called it a pride flag they didn't be like and it's going to be this one with the chevrons so take a take a look at the next one and you'll see the definition so here's what the definition of the colors are according to brock university and they'd know and I just want to point this out in following up on what Jeff has been saying, that this isn't necessarily just an importing of American politics, but this is this is postmodern global academia. It's, it's, it, the, the infiltration isn't just merely, you know, Americanization. I think that, that the sentiment towards Black Lives Matter as a uh, riotist organization, that's American. But the... the uh, the ideological precepts that inform these activists are academic and highly internationalist. And so you can, I guess if you want to read it, you can see on screen what it says. This is, turns out that when Mayor Bilesma was saying that the pride flag is the representation of identity politics, look at this identity politics. Q T P O C T S L G B T Q plus. Mayor Bilesman said in his comments on the radio that identity politics is us dividing ourselves a thousand different ways. Yeah, intersectionality. And so I'm just drawing full attention to the fact that he wasn't off point. He was more on point than he knew, mm-hmm. actually. And uh, so, so again, this community serves respect um i'm not going to uh try and um say anything negative about this community but i think what's important here is the issue of here we have something that's going to be done by the community there's a certain belief that it means we'll raise this flag and you know that we know what this flag means uh and it's been something that's been established in our community um people are aware of it and so on and then because there are no questions allowed uh we have something else that's put up nobody's had any time to ask any questions about or come to an understanding of what it is and even though it may be completely harmless the problem is that there were no questions nobody even had an opportunity to say well what does this mean what what are these things how do we understand it how do we support it if that's what should be done or if there is something that is offensive to the community that might be represented here how do we make sure that we don't use that flag and use what was you know understood so final thoughts i doubt they would quibble over it i doubt that they would even understand the difference or look it up or Mm. if they were presented the information that i gave them they'd, they'd clap twice as loud be like yeah 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 for sure you know, failing to recognize the the divisive, the inherently divisive nature of identity politics. 
you know, the, there's a lot of concern about systemic racism. And I'll tell you this much, critical race theory is systemic racism. Mm, you got that right. <laughs> Boys, yeah, I really I, appreciate the, your time. You know, Jeff, I, I you think want to everyone up? here has their own political views, right? And Certainly. Absolutely. All right, boys, I really appreciate your time. We took it, uh, well, I took it all the way. Bridget Monroe, keep uh, watching with a friend. Keep up the excellent work. She's on Facebook, uh, exposing the truth. Yannick Tessier, get fired, get in trouble, be brave, and never stop fighting. You know who says that? <laughs> I can't read this one because it's probably racist. Laura Yip, laugh at those code of conducts. All right. Boys, I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming out. Jeff Lokes is my guest. Shandor Liggett Falvey. Got it, right? You got it? Liggett Falvey. You got it. You've been, you've had. Oh, so that's how you cut them. You cut them hard. That's how you cut them right there. <laughs> it's all good. Um, comment below. Share if you like it. And, um, Get out your fine dollars. Uh, Thursday nights, we're usually here at 7 p.m. EST. What do I got coming up this week? Ooh, I got Tim Murda next week. I'm working on Mark Emery. Who else? Dr. Deborah So's been avoiding me. Here's where you find me on the fake book. What? It, uh, what? Who's tagging me in this garbage? Dude, um, this is unrelated. How pathetic and boring is your life when you take time to paste the conversation you had with someone the night before and send it to someone else? Not the whole convo, just part of it. In the hopes of what? FYI, my wife told me I should watch what I say to Jim Fannin on Messenger because he's not a good old boy for MND. That's Notre Dame. He's a piece of shit. So this guy, um, last week, we're making plans to get together and talk about high school. I don't remember him from high school, but he swears he went to Notre Dame. Dude, I don't know who your wife is. I don't date married women. Um, I don't communicate with married women and I don't know who your wife is. So how she got parts of our conversation in her, in her what? In her spam folder? Dude, fucking shake yourself. Did I make it through this whole show without dropping an F-bomb until now? My peace of advice to you, Jim Fannin. Go out and have someone perform fellatio on you. Stop spending so much time spreading hate. Just the advice of an old Irish Dago mutt who, brought, who was brought up with a, with a teeny bit of morals, integrity, and respect in class. Cheers, fish face. And then the pylon goes. So I have no idea what this homo sapien is talking about. Um, But... It makes for good clicks, eh? Kevy. All right. Peace. Love. Hug your neighbor. And for crying out loud, just rip that mask off your face. It's filthy dirty, and it's not helping. I love you. I'm out. <laughs>